And Stella's voice brings them into a kind of family, a family where they can find the love which they just dreamed about, a family where they can know God and have God as Father. Today's interview takes place in a country far, far away. We'll take you to Moldova on First Person. Welcome, everyone. I'm Wayne Shepherd. On a recent trip to Eastern Europe, one of the countries I visited was Moldova, a former Soviet bloc country sandwiched between Romania and Ukraine. While there, I met a young pastor who, although we only spent a few minutes together, I knew had a story I wanted you to hear, and we'll get to that in just a moment. First, please visit our website this month for additional information about our guests and topics. There's also an archive of past programs to listen to at your convenience, as well as a schedule of what's coming up in the weeks ahead. All of this at firstpersoninterview.com. Moldova is a fascinating country, the poorest in Eastern Europe, but rich in the few Christians it has who are making a difference. On a Sunday morning, I had the opportunity to visit the ministry Stella's Voice, which provides for orphans too old to remain in the care of the state. I'll place a link to Stella's Voice on our website so you can learn more. But I want you to meet Vitaly Belibov, a pastor who leads these young men and women, and hear his amazing testimony. Since we were only together for a very few minutes, apart from attending church together, we had to talk in the car as Vitaly drove. Well, Vitaly, our time together is so short that um, we're going to take advantage of this opportunity in the car together for us to hear your testimony. You you told me parts of it a few minutes ago, and I would like to hear more of it. So we'll uh, we'll let listeners know that we're driving down a street near Kishino in Moldova, and we've just left church together, and you're going to drop me off at the next place I need to be. But I want to hear your story. Tell me about how God has worked in your life. Um, tell me about uh, you coming to Christ in the first place in your family life. I was born in a half-Christian family. My mom was a Christian, but my father wasn't. Uh, I was born back in the 70s, where Moldova was the under Soviet Union and under the regime of communist regime. My mom had hard time to live out her Christian life. Uh, and in my childhood, I saw this. I saw her example. And especially when uh, my father took her to the court to take the kids, we are seven kids in the family, to take the kids out from her because she was um, quite giving a not right education to us because my father discovered that she was reading the Bible and she saw that he saw that uh, this, this book was printed in USA. And at that time... USA for the Soviet Union was the number one enemy and I'm uh, glad I'm glad that um, it didn't happen and we stayed as a family together so your father took your mother to court he wanted to take all seven of you children away from her because she was reading an American book the Bible to her children and the court said no they left you with your mother Yes, the court decided to for us to stay as a family because not because they were agreeing to what my mom was, de- was doing, but they didn't have what to do with us, where to put us in our town. So it was your mother's testimony 
that uh, eventually caused you to wonder and, and seek Christ? How did that work? Uh, yes, my mom's testimony was very powerful to my life. But uh, at the age, at the teen- when I was a teenager, I didn't care about what she believes and about God at all. But once uh, when I came from... Uh, from the school I was tired and uh, I recognized that I was a little bit lazy at that time as all the teenagers are but uh, I was coming from the came from the school and uh, have my lunch and saw my my mom's bible on the table I took it lay down in the bed and as we as I grew up grow, grew up in the in a town we had a farm small farm and had a lot work to do and my mom came in to get me out to work with her in the garden and she saw me that with the bible and just closed the door and left, left left the room without saying anything because she was so happy that i started to read the bible and i understood this as a very uh, unique way to get away from the work <laughs> and to not uh, not spend time working, which is not the most uh, <laughs> enjoyable thing for me at the time. You were a typical teenager looking for every out you could find, huh? <laughs> yes, and this was a very good tool for me to use after that. So I started to read more the Bible because I didn't want to work so much. And reading the Bible, I started to think about my mom's behavior, uh, testimony, and about the uh, what is written in the Bible, asked myself questions, have no answer, had to go to my mom to ask what she thinks about this, all things which I've met in the Bible. And this brought me to a, to a strange step in my life because it was very strange at the time for a teenager to think about God. I started to, think, to speak to my friends about this but they were ignoring me and uh, I still went to my mom to discuss about God finally I gave my life to God because I understood who he is and what he did for me Uh, since then my friends left and we uh, were not in a good relationship but I became very close to my mom and she discipled me actually day by day living but still even at the age that you accepted Christ it was still not a good thing in the eyes of the community to be a Christ follower was it yes of course uh, I was uh, ashamed a little bit in the beginning to say in my class because uh, there were very high resistance or accusing the believers and they are starting to call me Baptist because my mom was a Baptist and uh, all the town knew that our family is kind of Baptist and this was a swear word at that time in that village not a good connotation in, in the Moldovan world at that time yes not a good one and I was mad on them because before I before uh, became a Christian they was calling me this when they were mad on me and uh, then I understood that what they are calling us actually is not so important is what we believe and what we live out. So your mother discipled you? Yes. Uh, she was the one 
the only one in the village who believed in Christ from 1970 until 1986 when I repented. So for 16 she was the only believer in the town and I saw her life. I was like a teenager who didn't know where it goes. I just went with the... uh, with other teenagers to do bad things and this was the current which I was in and her uh, teaching me about the Bible was the main the main thing which uh, brought me out of that current and uh, set into another one in the Christian one and I started to live out what the Bible says and this for me was the most important thing until today you must have felt very much alone as a teenager, though, trying to walk with the Lord and being ridiculed for that. Yes, it was hard, but it was not for a long time because in uh, my younghood, I um, went to straight after I repented in a few months. I prayed hard to know more about Jesus, about God and, and the Bible, and I was accepted in the Bible College in Chisinau through a miracle because I went we started the uh, academic year at 1 September but on the 30th of uh, August I went to the Bible College and actually they accepted me the next day and in a day I was in the class already studying Although all my mates in the class should give the exams before they um, were accepted in the college, long before September. So I think most people might be surprised to hear that there is a Bible college in Kishino in Moldova, but you were the beneficiary of that education. Yes, and uh, I am very thankful to God because for four years in that college, it changed my life completely. It until today I recognize that this was the most powerful time which God used the teachers and the classmates in the group to change me, to form me, to educate and to prepare me for the ministry. He uh, trusted me later. Our journey on the streets of Kishino, Moldova with Vitaly Belibov will continue today on First Person. First Person is produced with the support of the Far East Broadcasting Company. FEBC is actively proclaiming the gospel through radio and new media in over 100 languages in nearly 50 countries. Please visit the website febc.org. Ask about the devotional How Shall They Hear, combining scripture with powerful stories of changed lives through the broadcast of FEBC. Once again, online at febc.org. My guest today on First Person is my new friend, Vitaly. We are in Moldova. We are driving through the streets of Kishino, which is the main city in Moldova, and we've just attended church together, and we have a few moments in the car, the only opportunity we have to talk, so I wanted to hear from uh, Vitaly here today and hear how the Lord is working not only in his life, but in this country of Moldova as well. Uh, Vitaly, tell me about uh, the culture here and the people here and your ministry here today. Just tell me, teach me about your country, if you would. 
Well, uh, our country is called the Republic of Moldova, internationally recognized uh, since uh, 1991. Until then, uh, our country were, was uh, under the Soviet Union, and there was one of the 15 countries in the Soviet Union, and uh, you know the the Soviet Union was communist regime, and uh, in Moldova, the Christianity suffered as all over these countries, 15 countries in the uh, Soviet Union, suffered a lot because they were attacking and persecuting the churches, church ministers, closing the church, churches, Orthodox and the Protestant church as well. And uh, I know many pastors who had to pay the fee that they are preaching or that they are taking their kids to the church or they stead, stood in jail for being a minister in the church and preaching the gospel. And our country from since 1991, uh, when became the in, become independent, the atmosphere, the attitude in the country changed because uh, the freedom came and since 1991 uh, the churches started very high to, to grow very quick and people were accepting Christ and going to God, going to churches praying much more than before. Right now Moldova is aiming towards the Europe to integrate the European Union and this actually brings us even more freedom of speech, freedom of beliefs, and we can uh, share about our thoughts without being afraid that we can be arrested or can be fined for this. Moldova is next to Romania and to Ukraine, and of course everyone knows what's going on in the world these days between Russia and these countries. Um, and you, as you said, there was great openness to the gospel when perestroika happened. The people's hearts were open. They were free to choose. What are people like spiritually now? Are they as hungry now as they were then? Uh, yes, as I um, mentioned that people were very hungry for God in the 90s. But unfortunately, after in this new millennium, uh, people became more... Uh, independent and indifferent of what the others believe. So it's a little bit harder right now to share the gospel because people are not interested, although we have all the rights to share. But uh, still, God is working mightily in Moldova, especially in the ministry where I am, involved full-time with the Stella's Voice. Uh, we work with the people who for nine years stood in the orphanages and uh, after the ninth grade they are given 4,000 leis and are asked to leave but they are orphans they don't have where to go yeah they're merely 16 years old with 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 no job very little money and and what what is likely to happen to them actually most of them become thieves and maybe worse, if they are guys, maybe uh, trafficked for work, but especially the girls are more vulnerable and they can be 
sold as slavery, sex slavery, which is very, unfortunately, is very high here in Moldova. And uh, what Stella's voice does is taking them out of the ninth grade when they are nobodies, nowhere to, where to go, ha- having very little knowledge about the world around them because for nine years they lived only in the orphanage without letting them go around in the country to know, to understand the world they are living in. And Stella's voice bring them into a kind of family. Yes. A family where they can find the love which they just dreamed about in their childhood and a family where they can know God and have God as father for them because being orphaned is a tough thing in all life but they can in Stella's voice have this ministry is amazing and people coming through Stella's vo- to Stella's voice get to know not only the family the atmosphere of the family and love in the family but to know God which actually brings a higher joy to everyone who know God because here in the uh, Stella's voice we have uh, people who know God people who are loving other people caring for them caring so much that sacrifice their lives to help them not only to exist but to live and to live a good life abundant life with God well, through you and through Philip Cameron, who's been a guest on this program, I've learned about Stella's voice. I've now visited Stella's house, or we should say Stella's houses, in uh, in Moldova. And I have met many of the young men and women, and I have to say that the joy of the Lord is written all over their faces. Those who come to Christ and are given hope in life because of the ministry that you and others are providing. So thank you for that. Let me take you back to the issues of religious liberty. Uh, are there any concerns about religious liberty in Moldova these days? Uh, I'm very happy that there are not these uh, issues which I get, got, got to know in my childhood. So the gospel is being proclaimed freely in Moldova? Yes, right now we have all the rights, all the European uh, rights are implemented in Moldova, where on that way and we can freely speak about God meet to as a church meet as a people who are coming to worship God in whatever way you decide and you want to worship back in uh, my childhood I started to tell that there were people who were guarding the church so that the other people believers who come to the church when they will come to put to put the resistance and to not allow them to uh, get to the church, but right now no one will do this. You have the full freedom to go to the church to believe what you want, to read the Bible, to proclaim what you believe. What are the challenges that that you're facing in in reaching people for Christ in Moldova? How can we pray for you? Oh, this is a good question. Thank you for it. Uh, I already mentioned the um, one factor is that people become more independent and also indifferent of what other beliefs. And uh, this is one issue which 
when you approach to somebody to share about God, she may listen to you or he may listen to you because of he honors you or respects you, but doesn't take too much in consideration what you are speaking about. So as Moldova has opened up to Western ideas and more of a Western influence, there has been good and bad as a result of that? Yes. As all the time, when you have something good, you also reap some uh, not-so-pleased moments, but uh, still is better than it was anyway. And people, there are people who like to think about God or to talk about God. There are not too many, but still there are. And another thing to pray for is that God to lead us to those people who... God works with them for a long time and in their hearts they feel that God is speaking to them and wants them to make a difference in their lives. But we need to go to everyone so that we can find these people who are interested in God and want to change their lives by devoting themselves to God. Well, it has been a joy to be with you for such a short time in Moldova. I didn't mention or give you a chance to mention your beautiful family who went to church with us this morning as well. Your wife, Ina, how did you meet and tell me about your children. Oh, thank you for asking me about this. This is a moment when I am very glad and very grateful to God to speak about. Uh, When I was in the Bible college studying the theology, Uh, to become a pastor Uh, I met my wife and when she graduated the faculty of uh, education we married Uh, it was in uh, 2001 and since then we live together and minister together here in Chisinau and not only but uh, very precious gifts which uh, God gave us are the three kids which we have together and uh, they are called uh, Christina, Daniel and Vitalina and we're so delighted that you're all serving the Lord the way you are thank you brother good to be with you I hope to come back to Moldova sometime but if I don't get here I hope to see you in the States on a visit sometime yes of course the first the first chance I'll have I'll get to US and I'm glad to have a friend now in Chicago who I can come to. Thank you very much, Wayne. I look forward to him coming to Chicago. Thanks for listening as Vitaly skillfully weaved his way through traffic in the city of Kishino, Modolfa. If you missed it, his name is Vitaly Belibov, and along with other dedicated staff, he is shepherding young lives as a pastor at a church started by the young women and men of Stella's Voice in Moldova. I enjoyed hearing his testimony, and I hope you did as well. As I mentioned earlier, we will put additional information about Stella's voice on our website, firstpersoninterview.com. Perhaps you remember a program last year with Philip Cameron, the founder of Stella's Voice. It's still in the archive at firstpersoninterview.com. As always, you're welcome to leave comments about what you've heard on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. We love to hear from listeners and know that these weekly conversations are helpful as you learn how God works through people's lives. Again, leave your comments at facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. And then check the website, firstpersoninterview.com, to see the schedule of upcoming guests. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for listening to First Person. First Person.